From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey, I'm Brandon. I'm joined by Keith Niebuhr here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We're going to talk all recruiting most of the way, at least here, and we'll see what, see what else we'll talk about. But the big news this week, other than people getting new visual identities, is Tank Bigsby committing to the Auburn Tigers, four-star running back. Auburn in the recruiting rankings has jumped from number 12 to number six in the nation. Uh Keith, you were there for the announcement on Friday. How big of a pickup is this for Auburn? Yeah, first of all, that announcement did drag out a little while. Uh, <laughs> his, he got the time mixed up with his family, and you know a lot of them were running late. But uh, but it was kind of funny to watch. But no, it's huge for Auburn because you know let's be honest. Not that long ago, people had kind of just dead and buried this recruiting class. Let's you know let's go back to November, December when there was all that chatter about Gus Malzahn's future. And, you know, how was that going to impact recruiting? And initially, the first part of the cycle, boy, Brandon, it really looked like it was impacting things. Uh, they were off to a slow start, no doubt. And, and uh, quite frankly, other schools were really hammering at home to recruits. That uh, Gus Malzahn wasn't going to be around much longer. And so that was something that the Auburn coaches have had to fight. Uh, and that's not me making that up. That's recruits and, and coaches telling us that. So we know that it's out there. And quite, you know, let's be honest, if you're recruiting for another school, you're going to use everything to your advantage. And so, you know, I'm not bad mouthing those schools at all, but it was it was a challenge for Auburn. And so Auburn, again, the morning of June 1st had the 29th ranked class and only six commitments and things didn't look great, Brandon. And now they're up to number six in the rankings, as you said, with 18 commitments. So 12 commitments this summer alone and good commitments, not just guys that you know, are, are just dudes. These guys are players and, and players that other schools wanted. You Like the number one junior college offensive tackle in the country, Keelan Zaire. That's a big one. Uh, Trent Simpson, the five-star linebacker, that's a big one. And then obviously this one, Tank Bigsby, uh, four-star running back, close to five-star status, actually. He's the number 31 recruit in the country. So he very well could end up being a five-star by the time all is said and done. But this is huge for several reasons, Brandon. First and foremost, the guy's really good. He can he can do about everything you want out of a running back in the Auburn offense. He's good between the tackles, quick feet in the hole. He's you know he's good size. They listed at six foot. His coach said he's six one, but in reality he's five eleven and a half. That's perfect size. You don't need to be any bigger than that. That's fine. Two hundred ten pounds. Uh, he's a strong, powerful runner, but he's also very quick and fast, and he can break off those big chunk runs. And you got to have guys like that. You can't go eighty plays, excuse me, eighty yards in nineteen plays in the SEC that much. It, it takes a special kind of team to be able to do that, like that, that last that two-loss LSU team that won the national title. But there aren't many teams like that. So this guy could get you big yardage. Also, Brandon, it really helps for perception. Again, what we just talked about, you know, fighting that uphill battle of, you know, do people want to go there and why would they go there right now with, with what's going on with, you know, if Gus doesn't do this or Gus doesn't do that, he's not going to be around. And, and so the perception is uh, that now Auburn can get these guys. You know, this, is, this makes you think, uh, this is a positive. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, Brandon. I, I, it, the words are just coming out, but it's a positive development because you people think that they can't recruit, that they they're going to have a hard time putting this class together, and and they're showing that you know they are getting guys. I don't know what more to say than that, to be honest with you. It's it's sort of surprising, 
uh, to think that the class is this high. Now, can it stay there? That's the question. I think with a good season, it absolutely can. When you look at the points distribution and the rankings, you know, Auburn's got room for about eight more commitments. If those guys are in line with the guys they already have committed in terms of ranking, then Auburn's certainly going to finish in the top 10, probably in the top six or seven. Um, but it's it's really remarkable. This staff can really recruit. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, you look at our 24-7 sports composite, um, and in the modern era here, since 2000, uh, in recruiting, uh, Tank Bigsby's ranked the fourth best commitment uh, among running backs for Auburn mm. uh, in history during that time. The other three, number one is Michael Dyer, um, who's actually number three overall among all players to assign with Auburn. Mm. Uh, Cadillac Williams, who recruited Tank Bigsby, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Rock Thomas are all ahead of Mr. Bigsby. So when you just look at the numbers, that's huge. Um, I'm not fami- I'm not too familiar with, you know, how 24-7, how we go about when we update rankings and all that stuff. Is it possible Bigsby gets his fifth star here soon? Or? Yeah, it's possible. So what it is is the 24 – okay, so when we use the – when we look at the team rankings, to get the team rankings for 24-7 sports, we actually use the composite, which is uh, Rivals, ESPN, and us at 24-7. So we take all three of those, and whatever the kids' composite scores, that's what we use in the team rankings because we want our team rankings to really throw out the uh, – you know, if a kid's 400th in one service – but 30th and the two others, we, we want to kind of even out the anomalies. You know, we're not, you'll never fully get rid of them, but we, we don't want it to crush a kid uh, or, in, or on the other hand, inflate a kid that doesn't need to be that high. But anyway, we use the 24-7 sports composite. And in that right now, uh, the other two sites, uh, ESPN and Rivals, I believe both have Bigsby rated higher than we do at 24-7. I think in the composite, he's the 34, 30, excuse me, 31st recruit in the country. I hope this is making sense. For us, he's only 71. Okay, still a top 100 player, but a little bit behind. So let's just suppose he has another big season, and and uh, and for argument's sake, uh, he probably will. I mean, he had 2,200 rushing yards last year on almost 10 yards per carry. So let's just suppose he does that again, and we move him up to 40th. Well, if we move the guy up to 40th, then he, and ESPN and Rivals, let's just suppose, leave him the same, then his composite is going to go up significantly. So he's already 31st in the composite. When you're in the 20s, you're almost assuredly going to be a, fi- a five-star guy. So he's already pretty close. Generally speaking, the top 32 at the end of the cycle are usually five stars uh, because there's 32 first-round draft picks, and for whatever reason, that's kind of how we do things. So he's 31st. Usually the top 32 make it. So it stands to reason he's got a really good shot. So when are we going to update him at 24-7? Probably at some point during the season. We don't have set dates. They kind of don't want to be painted into any corner. They don't want to say, well, we're not going to we're not, we're, hey, look, we're not doing any of this till December 5th. If they go out and see Tank Bigsby and he is just everything they thought he would be and more, they don't want to wait to update it. So our updates basically can just come at any time, Brandon. But he's not far away, again, from being a five-star already. If he gets into the top 50 for 24-7 sports, there's a very good chance he's going to be that five-star guy. And, uh, you know, but again, he's a really good player and he just does so many things. And, and Brandon, just – you know, over the summer, early in the summer, it became pretty obvious to me from talking to multiple sources and well-placed sources that this was the guy Gus Malzahn really wanted. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's a head coach, okay? And he, this is the guy he wanted. He locked in on him. Let's get this guy. 
And credit to Cadillac Williams because, you know, we didn't know what kind of recruiter he would be, Brandon, and, and what kind of chops he would have on the recruiting trail. And he already has two commitments. People forget. This isn't his first one. His first one, actually, is 2021 running back Armani Goodwin out of Hewitt Trustville in Alabama, who is a top 100 recruit as well. So he has proven now he's won some pretty big battles here already pretty early on. He's only been a coach at Auburn for less than a year, hasn't even coached in one, in a game yet. Um, so Cadillac is doing Cadillac. Uh, the things he did on the field are <laughs> apparently translating to the recruiting show, but uh, he's he, it, his personality is resonating with kids. And I'll tell you, Tank, Tank Bigsby, I keep wanting to call him Tank Black and if you ever hear me say Tank Black, Brandon, you you may know who that is, but a lot of fans may not. He was the agent that was involved in a Gator scandal about 20 years ago. And, and you know, you don't cover too many tanks, so you get that name stuck in your head. But anyway, Tank Bigsby, what he told me about Cadillac Williams was this. He said, he didn't recruit me. He was real with me. In other words, it never felt like this was a guy with just a recruiting pitch, a sales pitch, all that. It was a guy that wanted to get to know him on a personal level. And that seemed to resonate with Tank Bigsby. Yeah, Tank, during his press conference on Friday, mentioned that he wanted to go somewhere where they tell the truth. And I, I well, thought that was really <laughs> telling. Yeah, I think that was a shot. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, look, we don't know what is really said in these in these recruiting meetings, okay? So for me to sit here and say, well, that just proves that Georgia, and let's be honest, that's who he was referring to. But I, yeah, that Georgia's dishonest. Well, I'm not in those meetings. I, I'm not going to say that. But that's kind of the school the other main school, them in South Carolina that was in the mix. But I think I think what the deal is going on at Georgia right now is they're trying to recruit a bunch of guys, high-level guys. They're recruiting at a pretty high level, let's be honest. And I think, I think from what I'm told, Tank kind of got some mixed signals from them. But that's his version, and it's not fair for me to just pick apart Georgia. But, that, but really it was more of less an indictment on those other schools involved in his recruitment, Brandon, than – him saying that he just felt like Cadillac and Gus and Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, arm, were real with him. So praising Auburn, but also kind of, <laughs> also kind of getting a dig in somewhere else. But again, I mean, we're not, I know what people want me to say. I mean, this is an Auburn site, and they want you and me to just rip the other schools, but we we can't. That I mean, we're not in those in those uh, in those meetings and recruiting trips and such. But uh, it's pretty obvious, pretty tell that that's what he was alluding to. That that he didn't feel that trust. Uh, and you know what? Uh, what do they say? Perception is reality. So even if it maybe wasn't that bad, that's what he believed. And that's that's his reality. So, you know, hope all that made sense. <laughs> but, uh, but look, I mean, Cadillac and him got pretty close and, and Cadillac and his mom got pretty close. And he always felt like he was a priority to Auburn. And at the end of the day, that was big to him. Well, telling the truth always helps. And, you know, you listen, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The school and recruiting these recruiting trips, coaches, Sometimes typically tell kids what they want to hear, not necessarily right. what uh, is really on the line. And, and I think that's why a lot you hear a lot of coaches talk about how they have to de-recruit players once they get on campus. Oh, yeah. Because one reality hits them. Oh, I got to fight for a spot here and practice is difficult. And I'm not going to be treated like a king when I'm on the football field because no one yeah. is really unless you're like Derek Brown. But um, yeah, they, they've <laughs> had you to re- de-recruit a lot of guys. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. they've had to de-recruit a lot of guys. Well, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> every big time program does. Um, and so with Tank, I mean, my first thought, just from the outside looking in, and just understanding the Auburn team roster right now, man, Auburn's backfield is going to be stacked next year if Tank Bigsby ends up signing with Auburn. You're looking at Booby Whitlow, Malik Miller, Mark Anthony Richards, Harold Joyner, Tank Bigsby. How does he fit into this 
phrase, so to speak, as a freshman? Can he play as a freshman? Could he well, start you know, as a freshman? Yeah, I, you know, starting is going to be hard because, it's, as you know, it's not just about coming in and having the ability to run the football, which he can do, which a lot of these guys can do. It's can you learn the offense? Can you block? <laughs> That's pretty important. Can you pass protect? That's really important because you don't want Joey Gatewood or Bo Nix getting their head taken off back there. So there's so many unknown variables uh, you know, is he a talented guy? Of course. Can he do a lot of these things? Probably. But until he does it, we don't know. But, you know, I think the big thing for him is he's going to be he's saying he's graduating early. So he would be there for spring practice next year. Well, that's where you get acclimated. That's where you really learn how to do things. But, you know, the expectation of these kids is always I'm going to come in and start. And then by midway through spring practice, I think they realize, OK, this is a little harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, last year, Brandon, I was reading one of your stories, actually, uh, Booby Whitlow, who I, I, I still called Jartavius, but he had uh, what 780 something yards rushing and I think I read where you said that was the third highest freshman rushing total in Auburn history I, th- I believe I read that right 787 yards doesn't sound like a y- lot of yards to be the number three you know freshman producing yard uh, yardage uh, you know third best season ever by a freshman at, at Auburn but that tells you how hard it is Auburn's a running back school they're always going to have good running backs there so you're going to have to wait your turn. You're going to have to bide your time a little bit. But can he play in year one? Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. And he may have to make his mark uh, on special teams. He may have. I mean, you know, it's not going to be easy, but he's a talented guy. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, he he just gives you I think it's his big play threats that really, um, really scare you, you know, as a, as a defense. But look, if you're Auburn, you're just saying, look, OK. He, let's just suppose he's not in the rotation uh, come season. They're still going to have to get him the ball. You still have to keep a guy like that happy, which means a couple of plays in big games. But certainly when you're playing the smaller schools of the world, that's when you got to make sure these guys get some carries because you don't want them unhappy. They'll end up in this day and age, Brandon, they'll be gone before you know it. If they're not playing enough, if they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, I mean, all these guys come in when you, you know, when you recruit these alpha dog studs, that the good thing is they're talented and they believe they're really good. Uh, the bad thing is that they a lot of times they do think they should be starting even when they're not. And and they, sometimes they don't want to wait their turn. But uh, that's where it gets tricky. You know, the emergence of Harold Joyner is something that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, because that's one more guy that we weren't really thinking about that you might have to be behind if you were coming in. You know, what I mean, now the good news for Tank is Auburn's probably only going to sign one one running back in this class. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, Mark Anthony Richards development is going to be fun to watch because that's a guy that is so talented. I mean, so talented, Brandon. If he sees a log jam at running back, they may say, well, let's let's split him out. wide. let's play him some at receiver. Or again, I had a college staff tell me last year this guy would be the number one safety in the country if he was playing DB. So, you know, you just can't really predict the future. You know what I mean? I, I mean, Devin Barrett came to Auburn as a running back and is now a cornerback. So it's. And I thought, and I thought, I thought, I thought he was Devin Barrett was going to be an amazing running back. And, yeah, <laughs> and sure enough, he's back there now as a backup to a backup. It surprised me. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned Mark Anthony Richards. Um, Cadillac has compared him to Carry On Johnson. Yes. What? It, who do you compare Tank Bigsby to? Because I've heard yeah, well, the Carry On Johnson comparisons to him too. Well, I'll tell you the reason why, well, just get back to him, if, if you don't know, and I'm sure you do, Brandon, but, but the reason why he compares, one reason he compares him to carry on is because they're similar frames, really tall, you know, taller and leaner, which, you know, a lot of people thought carry on Johnson would be uh, a safety in college. And, and it's so funny. We were at the Under Armour All-America game one year. One of our coworkers 
was going on and on. He couldn't understand why Auburn was recruiting him at running back. He was a safety. There's no way he could play running back. And, and Carrion's dad was standing about six inches away from him. So, uh, he was laughing. He was la- laughing. The whole- very, very good guy, by the way. He was laughing the whole time as he was hearing this. And I, yeah, he's I got a great around- family. Yeah, yeah, I turned around. I said, Hey, let me introduce you to Carry On's dad. And, and the poor reporter for us was just like, Oh my God, what did I just man. say? But the, the dad was so cool. But again, similar frames. Okay. Uh, uh, upright running style. But you're seeing more of that. I mean, Derrick Henry had an upright running style. It didn't seem to hurt him too much, did it? I mean, you know no. what I mean? Like, I mean, if you got it, you got it, right? Uh, so that's where that's why they get that. Now with Tank Bigsby, boy, that's a that's a really tough one. I mean, he's fast and he's he's big and he's strong. I mean, he's oh god, I that's a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody that I've seen. I mean, there's some there's some carry on comparisons, but I would say uh, Tank's a little bit quicker in the hole than carry on and a little bit more burst. But what carry on had for his height, which was interesting, or his build was that great balance. Uh, and the presence of mind at the end of the run, he was always fighting for that extra yard or two, which was just amazing to watch, to be honest with you. Um, I, yeah, you know, nobody at, well, I, yeah, I, you know, a lot of my point of references, Brandon, and you, you went to Arkansas, I went to Florida. So unfortunately that's a lot of, gosh, I covered that program for a long time. I think he's a, he has traits of Fred Taylor. Okay. Uh, and, and if you don't know who okay, Fred Taylor, wow. it, right. yeah, if you don't know who Fred Taylor was, uh, he's one of the best running backs in Florida history, I think you could make the case that he's the second best running back behind Emmett in Florida history. But similar size, 5'11", 5'11 and a half, over 200 pounds, powerful when you need him to, but very quick in the hole with a burst. Okay. Now, again, I talked to his coach yesterday and he said he's got to work on his balance. You know how I talk too fast in these podcasts? I know you're too nice to ever say that to me, Brandon, but I know this. And that's kind of how Tank runs. Sometimes he gets a little ahead of himself. He's got to slow down get his balance, but that's hard to do when you see that opening. You know what I mean? He's an instinctive runner, but I, I do see some Fred Taylor traits. If he can be 80% of what Fred Taylor was, and he's probably going to be in the NFL. I mean, that guy was a stud. Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Fred Taylor was good. But uh, again, similar size, uh, you know, just a guy that could really do a lot of different things. Okay. So looking forward here, I mean, this recruiting push by Auburn, and you might have a much better perspective on this. <laughs> we'll it, see. Here, here in this summer, it has to be historic. To go from 21 to 6 and to potentially go into a season at number 6 in the recruiting rankings, I believe, just looking through stuff, just glancing at it, is the best <laughs> recruiting start to a class for Gus Malzahn during his tenure here. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Brandon. Uh, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but – Let's be honest, when you look at each class, class by class, there was always a big commitment or two late that pushed Auburn into the top 10, that pushed them into the top seven or eight, you know, and right now they're already there. Now they got a, it's very close. I mean, they're barely ahead of the number seven program. So by the time the season starts, they could be back to 10th, but this has been a great run. And in fact, uh, I'm just going to say a couple other guys may be ready to decide this summer, three guys. I mean, two corners, Brian George from junior college, number three, Juco corner in the country, Ladarius Tennyson, a four-star safety from Florida. And, uh, oh gosh, there was one more. Well, defensive end B.J. Ojolari, a four-star kid from the Atlanta area. He's going to announce next week. I'm not I'm not too bullish on Auburn's chances right now, uh, but they're in it. It's them, LSU, and Tennessee. I'm still getting more information there. Auburn very well could land them, but I'm hearing more LSU chatter right now. Uh, so Auburn, you know, 
they could get some more points themselves. But I, I think you're right. I mean, we know that the last few years, Auburn started the summer way back, kind of like they did this year. In fact, two years ago, uh, they start. They were 50th or 51st late June, Brandon. I mean, people were about ready to jump off tall buildings, okay? And uh, and then uh, Shedrick Jackson committed the last week of June, and then boom, it, things started to take off. And then obviously, Auburn had that massive November, just, you know, where everything was working. They won on the field. Uh, they got two big commitments on Thanksgiving, one of them being Seth Williams. And so that-, that Oh, yeah, I remember they, that. That was huge. Yeah. Well, the other one was Richard Gibbonor, who yep. I still contend is going to be in the NFL if he can just stay out of trouble. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, looking back, I think you're right. I don't really recall one year. If it was, it was early on, where you know I can barely remember three years ago. But uh, usually Auburn is just hanging around the top ten, hanging around the top fifteen, and then had made that late push. Now the last two years, they didn't have a great push at the end. Uh, I will say this though. You know, here's the funny thing. If, I think Auburn's class this past cycle finished 11th. Now, unfortunately for Auburn, you know, one of those guys, Cameron Kelly, already left, and he transferred to North Carolina. So that's why those rankings are sort of, you know, especially nowadays, kids are leaving right after signing day. But if George Pickens, the talented receiver, wouldn't have flipped to Georgia, Auburn would have finished sixth in the rankings. Uh, so that was actually a really good class that just one guy had gave them so many points. Uh, but, yeah, at this stage, no, they weren't anywhere near this. Uh, you know, usually if they're anywhere near the top 10, it's, it's, you're, you're pretty excited if you're an Auburn fan, because you know that historically they close pretty strong. Uh, now it's all weird these days because with this cycle, the cycles changed so much, Brandon, with this early signing period in December. I mean, Auburn's got 18 commitments. Now, if they all sign, let's say that's only eight spots remaining. That's as of today. I mean, they're probably going to add more guys between now and then. So, uh, it's tricky, but, um, I think you, you just don't see that late rush anymore, but I think Auburn's yeah. adjusted nicely to that cycle. Uh, it's been a heck of a summer. I mean, look, it, it's been by far the biggest recruiting summer that I've seen since I've covered Auburn. And I started covering them in that 2013, 2014. So the 2014 cycle was my first full cycle. Yeah. I mean, and Gus Malzahn's made it a point to say um, on their signing days, hey, these are guys that have committed to us for a long time. We didn't lose a single one. Or, you know, most of these guys stuck yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, this year is going to test that a little bit just because yeah. if, oh, you yeah. know, if they were to lose some games and then the, the hot seat talk comes up. So, you know, that it's going to be interesting to watch yeah. because of well, that. But if Auburn wins, not only could these uh, these kids obviously stick around, but they might get in on some guys a little bit, not necessarily better. But, I mean, they, some of these guys that are kind of on the edge with Auburn that might push them up right back into the oh, boat. You're absolutely right. And, and not only that, Brandon, and this is the – ugly part of recruiting that people don't like to talk about or one of the ugly parts well if auburn let's just suppose auburn's 10 and 0 and they've got people calling them and they want in well if you're on, on the auburn commit list and you've been in trouble or you haven't had a good season and you're not listening to your coach boy you may get that call from auburn and say we got somebody better than you where you're out and somebody else is in i mean that happens too by the way so you know it's going to be interesting to watch but i'll tell you what, what they can't do brandon is they can't make the mistake and I've talked to Alan Green a few times, and I know you have too, and I really like him. And we have uh, two mutual friends, and I, I can't – I really think highly of this guy. But I think that Auburn made a mistake last year when they didn't – and maybe I'm wrong here, Brandon, but get refresh my memory. But when they didn't come out right away and throw their support behind Gus last year and it kind of lingered a little bit, I think that that was not ideal. If that happens this year – am I getting that right, by the way? Yeah, it was weird. I had okay. I, I had okay. to chase down Alan Green yeah. and President Leaf to – get them to say those things and and alan green was frankly like kind of like 
oh, this isn't just understood that we have he has our support right now. I'm like, <laughs> well, listen, man, Auburn, this is the SEC. Things are a little bit different right yeah. now. Well, okay, so there's my. That's what I. That's how I remembered it. I wanted to make sure I was remembering it correctly. Well, if that happens in this cycle, you're going to lose some guys. I mean, you're going to lose some guys because those other schools are going to say they're going to just hammer these kids home. And why hasn't the school publicly supported them? And you know, sometimes public support's the kiss of death too. But people de- certainly want to hear it. But yeah, they're going to have to win. They know that. I mean, look, these coaches know that. And I think one of the things that's helping Auburn in this cycle is a, a vast majority of this staff has recruited in cycles before, like uh, uh, Cody Burns, for example. He was on the staff two years ago when he had the same thing. I mean, all the chatter about Gus, and then they go out and win those two big games in November. Cody knows he's look, he's been here before. He knows how to handle that. Larry Porter knows how to handle that. Rodney Garner, Kevin Steele. These aren't guys that are going through their first time ever where they know they've got to win to hold guys. I mean, you know what I mean? It's 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 just the nature of the business. And that's why they don't just sell Auburn on themselves or the offensive system or the defensive system. They sell Auburn to kids on Auburn. They sell Auburn. And that's what they do at every school. If, if you're smart, that's what you do. Because you want the kid to fall in love with Auburn so that even if there was a change made, and believe me, they don't want that to happen because that means they got to restart their lives somewhere new. But if even if there's a change made that the kid is so in love with the school that they're at the very least going to listen to a new staff, right? So I, I think this staff has done a masterful job of that uh, to this date. And Brandon, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just tell you a little story here. On June 1st, Big Cat weekend, Alan Green showed up at the stadium to – kind of go in. I don't know whether he talks to recruits. I don't know what the presentation is. I'm sure he does. Um, but he came out and he said, hi, he's always super polite. And he says, Hey, how's recruiting going? And I'm like, Oh boy. Remember they had, they had gotten a commitment that morning, but they only had seven total. I mean, how do, what do I say? Hey, it's going great. I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that just BSs people. So I said, well, look, I mean, Hey, it's going a little slow right now, but I, they feel confident they're going to pick it up. I mean, but it was kind of interesting. But the point of that story is he's watching it. He, he, he's following it all. He wants to know what's going on, too. Uh, but, look, they're in a very good spot right now. Defensive line's the one big question mark, Brandon, in this recruiting class. But if they win some games this fall, then obviously that opens the eyes of some defensive line targets out there who would then say, well, boy, they're winning games and there's an opportunity there. Big level, pro- big name program, winning games, and there's opportunity. I mean, they're losing a lot of guys on that defensive line. So they're in it with some guys. Though I, I, McKinley Jackson's a kid out of Mississippi they got a good shot at. He's not going to announce until February. So he's going to watch the whole season. If Auburn has a good season, they're going to have a pretty good chance to get him. You know, so there's, um, there's some positive stuff going on out there right now. But you're not going to get everybody, you know. But, but the guys they've gotten this summer, I mean, they basically missed on one guy all summer, I think, that they really wanted. One guy. I mean, they've been hitting home runs and, and some shockers, too. I mean, Killian Zaire was a guy that our reporters on the West Coast who were pretty plugged in, uh, they were feeling LA, uh, excuse me, UCLA on that one for a while. Yeah. So, you know, now they got to hold on to him. I mean, he's probably not going to visit again because he's playing on Saturdays. And, you know, so it's going to take work to hold on to him. And if you're five and five, then, you know, then it's going to be really difficult. But, uh, but right now... As of today, whatever today's date is, August 10th, I mean, Auburn's in a pretty good spot, Brandon, in a much better spot than I think any of us could have predicted two months ago. Yeah, it's been quite the turnaround. And as you said, uh, we'll keep our eyes on the the near future um, to see what happens. I'm sure things will slow down a little bit, but Tennyson certainly sounds like a guy to keep our eyes oh, on. Oh, yeah. Well, look, he's a nickel safety. He's not very tall. In fact, one of our guys in Florida, uh, one of our reporters down there said, he thinks this guy's a five star if he's five eleven, but he's five nine. 
which is plenty big enough, by the way. I mean, there's been all American safeties at five, nine, five, 10. You just got to be some kind of special athlete. You know what I mean? Uh, he's really good. He's a running back for his team. He plays defense. I think he led the team in tackles and rushing last year for, but and no terrible team either. Excuse me. I got the hiccups here. Rockledge high Brandon, uh, which is one of the better programs down in, in central Florida, a very good area historically for producing talent. It's what they call the Space Coast area, which is Titusville to Melbourne. Chris Collinsworth, the, the famous announcer, uh, was a people forget he was a you know an, a, a Pro Bowler in the NFL. He was from there. Wilbur Marshall, who's probably going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame someday. Derek Brown, All American tight end at Notre Dame. A lot of good players have come from that area, including Jamel Dean, a standout at Auburn, and last year a signee there uh, by the name of Octavius Brothers, who's a, a freshman linebacker at Auburn and and Ladarius Tennyson's former teammate. So this guy would be a huge get. I know Auburn really wants him. I mean, you've got to have that guy, that nickel guy that can just do everything. You know what I mean? That's an important position, especially in this day and age when you're running a lot of four, two, five defense and you need that one guy out there that can kind of cover the whole field from the secondary and play in the box. And that's what he can do. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Auburn undercover podcast, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Lots more coverage at auburn.247sports.com on the huge commitment of Tank Bigsby to Auburn and Auburn football, obviously underway with preseason camp and a quarterback battle to figure out. Check it all out at auburn.247sports.com. For Keith, I'm Brandon. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.